Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. Fresh off of UFC 298. The crowning achievement for Ilya Taporia. He is the new king of the featherweight division. And the end of an era as Alexander Volkanovsky is sent out. And it turns into a folding chair on the way out. And that is the end of uh, one of the great eras of featherweight dominance that we've seen. In, you know, of, of, of all time up there with uh, Jose Aldo and the, all of the greats. But this is, this is a day for celebration for my co-host. Mr. Ty Capone, who has been a uh, staunch supporter of the Matador since we pretty much have started this podcast since he debuted, and he had plus 360 TKO this weekend. Ty goes plus 9.25 units on the day with a one of, one of the best days of all time, dating back to when we went crazy for the uh, the Islam and Oliveira card in Abu Dhabi, but uh, that this this has to feel good there, Ty. Yeah, man. Watching him since Bray CF, watching him uh, make his debut against Eustace Lal, kind of struggle a little bit and just uh, get better each fight. Dude, he, he even threw a little a little leg kick action. He got out leg kicked, but he even threw a couple that I think right away marked up Volkanovski's calf. And oh, I was like, 100%. damn, okay. Okay, like, if we're doing that, if we're adding that to our game, you know, anybody can be beat and everybody will be beat, but it's hard to see who's going who's gonna to beat him, at least in the... In, in the you know close future, like you know, you look at the top ten, and I see a lot of people say Max Holloway. He's he's being an awkward test for sure. I think he he's definitely a tough test for anybody in general. But you know what happens when he eats a right hand? You know, like Arnold Allen was testing his chin a little bit. And it's only a matter of time before before it starts to go. And if Taporia hits anybody, dude, he's he's putting you down. Volkanovski said it himself after the fight. You know, he was um. I think they were both doing well. I think uh, Volk probably won the first round. I think at the yeah. very end, the last minute, he really started to rally a little bit and just uh, outstruck him. Judges really, as well. Yeah, and I, I was a little surprised at first watching live, but watching it back, I, I wasn't. Um, but that's kind of what Saporia wanted, dude. He was just trying to find his range. The feints were just absolutely working. Um, the forward pressure, he commanded the center of the ring the entire time. He wasn't chasing. He was kind of cutting off the ring, and then he was just working. That right hook, that right hand, that bomb that he was trying to just, he was trying to get there, man. And he does such a good job of going, you know, high, low, high, low, back high. And he does uh, such a good job. If you notice, he kind of um, framed off him before he delivered the, fo- the, you know, the, the knockout shot. Kind of like moved a little bit to his right just to perfectly set up that right hand. It's crazy because his base is wrestling. His base is jujitsu. He only just started to learn how to box. And, uh, you know, watch Canelo to really become a, a, a dynamic boxer because he has that power. And um, at 27, man, what a, what, a, what a win. What a what a scene. I mean, his family and everybody coming in after the fight, his brother lifting him up, carrying him across the cage right after the knockout. Um, Volkanovsky still yeah. not knowing what the fuck happened. You know, I feel bad for him, obviously, but... It's part of the what game, a though, moment, man. dude! It just—it just—it's so so Conor McGregor like when he put Aldo out, yeah. Right, 
And there's, there's, there's so many similarities and people were, were pointing to the similarities. And then the, as soon as Taporia stole the belt at the press conference, everyone's like, oh, this is corny. He's trying too hard. And I was like, yeah, yeah. The press conferences have become very WWE-like. They don't really right? matter. With all, they don't they matter, don't matter for fuck. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter what they do. It matters what they what they do on stage. It matters what they do in the octagon. Right? All that shit goes out the window. It's, it, it's just something to draw up the attention. To draw, it's, it's a last, the last time you'll see them kind of like facing off and whatnot. And, you know, you have all the, the clown media that are in attendance. So that's kind of what the purpose is. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, McGregor stealing the belt from Aldo, it's it just another similarity to when they arrived, the back tat, the chest tat, and uh, the record, the age. And, um, you know, his Instagram follower, he, he, he almost has more Instagram followers than uh, Max Holloway, who's, you know, in the Superstar. gaming community and this and that, been around for 10, 15 years. So, you know, he had all of the, the Spanish athletes, Sergio Ramos, uh, Car- um, Alcaraz, Nadal, everybody was watching. Everybody was congratulating him. Everybody was was tuned in. And uh, I think we have a, a, a huge star on our hands. I'm not just For saying sure. that, you know, because I am a huge, huge fan of Ilya. But seeing how, he's, seeing how he is still making improvements in his game is crazy, man. Like now he's at the top. You know, this is kind of where it gets hard because maintaining that top spot with all these guys, all these killers – uh, he already has kind of like this rivalry with Yair Rodriguez, which I don't fully understand. I think Yair is just, you know, whatever. But uh, he has to get through Ortega first. And then after that, that, that could set up a nice Mexico versus Spain, even though Ilya is Georgian. But it could sp- set that up to be a big, nice little storyline. And obviously, he's going to call out Connor. He's going to call out whoever and whatnot. Yeah. But that, yeah. I do like how he talks. It's It's kind of crazy the difference in how he's, how he's perceived when he speaks English could considered or uh, compared to when he speaks Spanish, when he speaks Spanish, he sounds like, you know, ferocity and, and just yeah. dangerous, you know, like, and, and especially the way he said it just, it's just very different, but either way I could go on all day. Um, what a knockout, what a fight, what a way to set up that shot that he was looking for. And dude, it happened so quick. It just happened so quick. Yeah. That, uh, you know, the, the commentator's call wasn't amazing, but I think even they were like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it, it happened so quickly where Volk was kind of doing his thing, and then boom. Dude, I will give all credit to Dean Thomas. Like, a minute or two into the fight, he said, man, I don't, I don't really love how Volkanovski's backing up with his head up and backing towards the cage. You know, he can't really go anywhere. He's kind of limiting his space, limiting what he can do going backwards. He said that right away, and it was one hundred percent accurate because he that that's that's what did him in. You know, he got knocked out on the cage, sitting sideways, like Paul Wall said, on the cage, just brutal, brutal execution. Um, yeah, I I loved it. I, I I was speechless. I didn't even know what to do or say. Yeah, no. Listen, it was one of them things where, like, I I, I looked up, like, I had my head down, looked up, and the man was sleeping. So I was like, "Wait, what? Ha- like, what happened? Like, because, like you said, like it happened so. F- I was watching the fight the whole time, and I was like, I just I forget. Somebody said something. I turned, looked, and like looked back, and it was like, like you said, the announcers didn't even really like freak out. They just kind of were like, "Wait, what? Like what?" And they were like, "Flat," Crazy. like landed him. Sean one- O'Malley's face. Yep. was pretty much what my reaction was, and Sean O'Malley's always like he he tries to. Play it cool, play it calm, right? Try to try to have that bravado, like 
oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I want to put him out next. But even he had his mouth open. Jamal Hill was just sitting there standing in awe. I believe it was Jamal Hill. Yes. Um, and everybody in Fighter Row was like, yo, what the fuck? And that's how you know. When you have all these fighters, literally killers, Gaethje, and I'd have to go watch the video again, just all savages, and they're all just standing there, sitting there, looking at each other like, yo, what the fuck just happened? That's how you know. This kid's 27 years old. Yeah. Like, that's how you know you have a fucking problem. He got his nose busted up. He got a couple light kicks, kind of uh, kind of chips him away. His nose and his eye were a little fucked up, but it, it didn't matter, it's man. Fight, he, man. He, it's a fight. And, you know, Volk's face probably didn't look that bruised up at all, but no. it didn't matter. He took the just absolute nuke Listen, Oppenheimer right hand on that jaw. I thought Volk looked good pretty for good portions of this fight, you know? So I was like, yeah. when when the fight started, and like you said, like he was, there was some t- some signs that things weren't, like him backing up. I never like, it's uh, we'll talk about it later, but it's exactly what I talked about in the Cejudo fight, that him backing up was going to be an issue, because I just, yeah, I, I, I you cannot back up against a guy like Marab, but he... He kept packing up. He kept letting Ilya dictate what was happening in- inside the octagon, and he kept firing those leg kicks out on them. And we didn't really think that was going to be a huge factor, but it wound up kind of playing because you could tell the redness on the calf started to really add up. And not not that it was like going to debilitate him or whatever, but it was making Volk uncomfortable because you saw him switching stances back and forth, and yep. that was when I started to be like, "Fuck, we I, we might be in trouble here." Because you, you you knew he didn't really want to wrestle him or take him down, you know, because Ilya's ground game is elite, and, and it just it, it, it he was doing good when he was getting up against the fence and he was doing the 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 clinch and he was landing some of those knees and things like yeah. that. But he just kind of instead of doing that, he wanted to just throw like he recklessly threw a couple of them bombs to try and get him off of him on the fence left his chin hanging out there, and it was just you know that's that's the fight game though, man. You you could look good for. 24 minutes and then you make one mistake and that's the end of that you know i mean you talk to chael sonnen who should have been the middleweight champion one of the oh, biggest man. upsets of all time and he, he just he makes one mistake and that's it nobody really cares and that's that's how it goes though and Ilya deserves everything he's getting he talked it he willed it he lived it and he went out there and he took care of business it, it's just it's that simple and for the sentimental part of me it, it is sad to see volkanovsky go out like that and it's sad to see the era end like that, but that's the fight game, and we we you know it keeps moving, and, and now we have a new we have a new king of the featherweights, and now we have a wealth of new matchups that could possibly be, you know, sprouted or grow from this. And you know, you made mention of Holloway. Holloway is gonna that that fight is in serious danger just because I mean, what Gagey's gonna do to him might fucking delay that for a long time, and, and that's what I I think is gonna happen. So I imagine. The winner of Yair and Brian Ortega, which is going to happen this upcoming weekend, that'll probably yeah. be the fight that they do. I would imagine sometime in the summer, if I was uh, guessing right. And then apparently Taporia wants to go to Spain. So does Dana White. They could do, you know, I think Volk does deserve a rematch. I just don't think it's going to be right away. You know, like I don't like, and I don't think he has to necessarily fight someone else to prove that he's worthy. I think he just needs to. You know, let Taporia get a uh, defense off, or just take some time off in general. I mean, if Taporia doesn't fight and he doesn't fight, that's fine. But uh, I just think the Volk needs time off, and uh, I just the, the man's been very active and has you know kept us afloat for many a year. 
and gave us all this, these different fights and moments and just he deserves a little bit of time off and just, I mean, get his mental health right because there's obviously, you know, I don't want to speculate on that, but he talked about it himself. He was going He did talk some, about it, yeah. And I, I don't, I can't imagine getting knocked out twice yeah. in four months can do, you know, I'm sure that's worse, you know. It worse, didn't help. Not, it didn't help the situation. Better. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely not going to help. So I can't imagine, you know, who knows what's going to happen going forward. I mean, dude, he didn't even know what the fuck happened like five minutes after yeah. the fact, you know, like. Ilya's whole entire family coming in the cage, his smoke show of a wife, his brother that looks just, just like, him. like him, except he's, you know, he looks Georgian and Ilya looks Spanish. Yes. But they look the same. It's great that it's the same shaped head. Um, and I'm excited to see Alexander make his debut. Um, I forget. I don't think he has a fight lined up yet, but he is. He just, just got signed. I think he's like six or seven and one. Um, uh, I think he's also a year older. So excited to see him make his debut. He fights a little bit like Ilya, just, you know. I don't think he's as good, but um, yeah, man. Uh, I think Alex for sure needs to take some time off. I think he, I think he probably should just move up. You know, I, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know what's left for him at 145. I mean, I guess the rematch, right? But I don't know if he really should fight him again. I just think he would get knocked the fuck out of ten. It's sad to say, but I think it would happen earlier, right? I mean, we've seen this happen before in multiple instances with an older fighter or the new guy coming on the on the on the scene, like when Figgy just absolutely brutalized uh, Benavidez twice. Like, I don't think we need to see this again, even though I understand giving the the king his uh, his immediate rematch. Right? It's only it's only right, but I still would feel kind of bad right. seeing it happen again because I think we would know what the outcome would be. Yeah, you know, you, 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 nothing's guaranteed. You never know because Dana White kind of just does whatever he pleases and, and just makes shit up. Uh, you know, I mean, he's talking about McGregor, talking about how much money he has, and I, like that. I, that is fr- infuriating me, by the way. The conversation around that—that that, like he's trying to act like it has nothing to do with the fact that Connor only has two fights left on his deal, and he's just basically trying to ice him out until he's worth nothing. That's that's essentially what Dana White's trying to do. Oh, we've been great business partners, and. He's got a lot of money. He's got to show me that he wants to fight. Like, bro, if that guy says he wants to fight, you sign him up and you make some money off of it. So, like, stop acting. Like, I don't know. The total side topic. No, but, I feel it. You know how Dan is. Yeah, no. It's, but I, I think if anyone's worthy and has done, like, a lot to help the UFC, stepped in on short notice when he shouldn't have. We talked about it at the time. He should never have taken that Islam fight. It was not. It was not the right move. And it, it, it was a sad, just, it's, I feel bad for Volk because of the way this has kind of gone down. But again, this is the fight game that takes nothing away from what Ilya Tapori was able to accomplish on Saturday night. And I, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I would like him to, you know, maybe point out a, that that's the smart thing that O'Malley did was, you know, maybe point somebody out that, you know, I, I want to fight him next. Even, even if it was Cheeto Vera and he had that kind of lined up and it's, you know, not the number one guy ranked, but uh, Tapori went on the on the on the you know the press conference and basically said that nobody in the whole forty five division is worthy of fighting him, and then well, doesn't want to fight anyone at fifty five either. Yeah, and I'm like, so are you just going to? Honestly, looking at the no, no, I, I feel you. I, I don't love that. You know, uh, I think Leon Edwards did the same thing. I think John Jones sometimes does that, mm-hmm. right? Um, even Connor, but sometimes it's true. Like, he, I mean, Max Holloway definitely deserves a chance to fight Tapori because it's a different look. It's it, it it could be interesting. It could be very interesting because I think Max is so good. He's so well rounded. He's still 
still in his physical prime. I do just worry about all that damage he's taken and, and the way he fights. Like, dude, how? I guess Max would have a much better game plan. Not 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 a better game plan. I guess he'd be more suited to to stay at range, use his kicks. But he likes boxing. Max does, and like he might be a better boxer than Ilya. Honestly, I don't know if he is. But there'd be a lot of dangerous exchanges in that fight. Man. He definitely doesn't hit as hard. And like you, like I said earlier, Arnold Allen was catching him. Yeah, I just think that's a different different animal that you're going to play with. Is Max going to implement a wrestling? That's the thing, dude. Are you going to try to out wrestle or out grapple Ilya Taporia? No, <laughs> I fucking hope not because he. He walked through Ryan Hall's leg lock games like it was nothing. He walked through. He ragdolled Bryce Mitchell and arm triangled him. When Joe Rogan was like, hey, you don't want to go to the ground with this guy. Alien support, you're making a mistake. And then he fucking almost put him to sleep. Like, this guy's no joke anywhere. In the clinch, I like what he was doing. Uh, Volk was throwing some good knees off the break. But Ilya, his body work, man, he loves going to the body, setting up to go up high. It's just so beautiful to watch. It's, It's just getting better and better. Um, I wish he threw the jab more. That's my only complaint about his striking. I wish he jabbed more, but uh, he does a good job closing distance. Dude, three of his, he has four bodies in the UFC. Think how crazy that he's put four people out unconscious in the UFC. He's seven and up in the yeah. UFC. Um, over half of his fighter, uh, his opponents have just went to sleep. Um, and three of those four have went to sleep with their backs against the cage. Damon Jackson against the cage, Jai Herbert against the cage, and now Volkanovski on the cage. Yeah. So, like, when he's going forward, when he's pressing forward, he might be the most dangerous pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC, which is crazy to think about because, again, he's 27, he's new, he's young, and there's so many other killers. They have, he's legit, man. He's the real deal. They haven't updated the rankings yet, but I imagine he's going to be in the top five pound-for-pound pound now. I believe he is. I thought they did. There no. was... um. That was like a MMA fighting or something like that. The uh, UFC's official pound for pound rankings that. still are uh, unupdated because he's not even in the top fifteen. So uh, another interesting name to think about as a future opponent for Taporia is Aljo. I don't know, like I don't. I think he would have his way with him, but I'm just saying, like that's another name that can be thrown out there too. And or I think the Ortega fight is intriguing. I, again, at this point, I can't sit here and tell you that anybody's really going to give Taporia a problem, but. You know, there's got to be somebody out there that could give this guy a competitive fight because recently it hasn't really looked like that. Maybe we're going to have to get Jai Herbert to drop weight or something like that. And yeah. Run it back. <laughs> I don't know. But great win for Taporia. <laughs> Capped out a great night of fights. Uh, you know, and on the note of the jab, uh, you know, I guess he doesn't want to throw the jab because according to Joe Rogan, the leg kick, the calf kick is 90% more effective. Which I saw people killing him for that, but I understand what he's trying to. The calf kick is very effective, but come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's also it's also very easy. Not very easy, but it's, it happens a lot where leg kicks, leg kicks get checked. And if you you know if you throw a leg kick and it gets checked right away, like you might not throw anymore. The jab, if you miss the jab, you're still pumping that thing out. Like very different, very, very different uh, attacks. Also, you know, stemming from different sports. So, yeah. I, I didn't think Joe Rogan had the best night, but I, I thought as a crew – they did pretty well, I'll say. I think I think Bisping, Rogan, and Anik are are pretty. It's better than DC. I'll say that. Did you Did you hear? Yeah. Did you hear the Bisping thing when he was off air? Yes. Oh, that was good. That was great. I think he'll probably get a pass for that. Um, but I mean, in MMA, it seems like he can't really. I mean, Chuck yeah, Buffalo no. got a pass, so yeah, he got a yeah. He should. And he you know, said he's something a, he's way a worse. Bum. So yeah, he stinks. But Bisping, I like. I, I like him. I think he's a silly dummy, but. He's kind of like in that DC role where he's like, you know, the former fighter who's just kind of dumb or kind of goofy or kind of just like 
I'm trying to be like that friend, but uh, you know, very unprofessional, which I don't mind because you have Anik there to just kind of keep them in track, keep them on track, and then Rogan. I just don't. I, I just think Rogan's washed, dude. I feel like he like he always thinks something's in or somebody's hurt or something's going on. I'm like, bro, just just wait, just let this develop, let it play out. You know what you're talking about more than I do. So you know, why do you? Why do you jump the gun? I know, you know he but... probably watches all the fights high, but doesn't it seem like he's like he rolls out of bed to do these, like, and he gets so super excited? It's like a like a guy you don't usually watch the fights or who doesn't watch the fights, and then he shows up and he's like, "Oh, oh triangle, triangle!" You're like, uh, you know, you're like yeah. sitting there, you're like, "No," like a couple I mean, of those yeah. um, those uh, Anthony Hernandez submissions before he got the actual one. He when kept he went under, yeah. yeah, he kept like going on the chin, and people in my house at the house are freaking out, and I'm like. I mean that's painful, but I don't, you know. It could, yeah, it, it could. It work, could but but this, guy, this guy's a sicko. He's probably yeah, not going to tap. That's a, a crazy under. Russian fuck. He ain't gonna, yeah. Like you're gonna have to put him out. And then when the the final one's in, I went, all right, we're good. I started clapping people up. They're like still looking at the screen. I'm like, dude, it's over. He's either going to sleep or he's fucking yeah. tapping out. And he went out tapping out. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Rogan has sometimes seems like he has some rough nights out there. How about Robert Whitaker? Took care of business. I was wrong about this. Uh, this was a good fight, though, Ty. I think Paulo Costa comported himself well and almost got, oh, man, if that wheel kick would have landed with a little bit more time, uh, we might be having a right. different conversation. Oh. But uh, I thought it was 29-28. I saw Mike Bell had 30-27. That's to me, is insane. I don't think you can. The first round was close, and I don't think you can give that first round to Whitaker, especially after he gets wheel kicked in the fucking no. face. But, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. Whitaker won the fight. He was... You know, used his length, used his speed. He, he's not as fast as he used to be, but he's still, he's still. Uh, the I guess the talks of for me and the the of his demise were premature. So I, I would like to apologize to the Reaper. He still yeah. is not done yet. He's not completely the guy he used to be, obviously. But that's just that's how sports and fighting and athletics are. You're not always going to be the same guy, but he still found a way to get it done. And you know, who knows what they'll do with him next. Yeah, and, you know, Paulo probably could have won this fight if he didn't fight almost two years ago. Yeah, you know, like third round, you could tell. killing him. Yeah, the inactivity is killing him. Also, I just truthfully don't think he's that good. I don't think he's, he's that not. well-rounded. I don't think he's that skilled, that advanced. I think he's just a physical freak. I think he's kind of smart. He trains hard. He has good people around him, but skill for skill, I don't really think he's that good. I'm sorry, dude. Like, and he looks a lot bigger. Looks a lot bigger than Robert Whitaker. Just a size, yeah. like a different weight class, you know, like. Maybe we should let Paulo go up to 205. Maybe that'll unleash some of his his best attributes. I'm not sure. I, I, it was a good fight. I liked it. I saw some people poo-pooing it, and I, I didn't really agree with that. No, I didn't agree with 90, that at all. I thought it was a good fight. I mean, a, a middleweight landing 95 strikes in a three-round fight. That's pretty impressive. I, I don't know. You know, especially given what happened. He got buzzed with that spinning head kick in the first round, like you said, the spinning wheel kick. And um, his nose got busted up from the jabs and just, you know, a bigger guy hitting him. And uh, he was able to go through it. His face looked looked bad, but he fought fucking awesome. So, yeah, I mean, big win for Robert Whitaker. He's still around. He's still hanging around. And uh, I'm here for it. Yeah, good for him, man. That that was a good kind of bounce back thing. And honestly, I'd like to see him fight Strickland next. If they're if they're not going to give Strickland his rematch against DDP, which I understand is not really necessarily deserving of it. I don't know who's, if it's me on me to say who's deserving and who's not, but... I would probably do like a Whitaker Strickland, you know, at some point during the summer if that's something that Whitaker would be interested in. I I don't know. I think because I think they're going to do Adesanya and DDP. I feel like that 
Adesanya is reawakened now, so he doesn't have to fight Strickland and get made fun of again. So he could rather fight DDP and uh, you know use racial slurs towards him and probably make him uncomfortable. So that's yeah. that's probably the best move. So uh, no, that's a, it is a good win for Rob, and uh, I would like again would like to apologize to the Reaper. I know he probably listened to the pod, and I, I motivated him to go out there and perform the way he did. So. Good win. Shout out to, shout to you, dude. Shout, shout out to me, man. We're, we're getting shit done here, but I'm getting shit done in the opposite <laughs> direction. I am glad for this next one that we made the decision that we did and didn't let our uh, heart get in the way because this Ian Gary, Jeff Neal fight, I don't care what Dana says or what they all like. This fight was boring as fuck. Let's, uh, let yeah. me just say that, okay? And Ian, this is Ian Gary, okay? This is the way, the way Ian Gary fights. He is boring. He is a point fighter. He. Uh, and in a sense, we were, you know, I I was kind of right, and I could see this looking like that Wonder Boy fight, but at least Wonder Boy's a little bit more active, and you know, it, I I have always found him to be, but he kind of sometimes finds himself He's less in, than yeah, a uh, less version of Wonder Boy. I think that's you, actually really good. Can you understand why Derek uh, clearly had uh, <laughs> Derek clearly had uh, you know two rounds for Jeff Neal in, the, in those first two rounds? No. No, the first one I could see. Yeah. That's it. And even then, I don't even know if I would give the first to um, – I feel like Felicia O, whoever that is. I feel like she and Sal D'Amato had a, had a best. I was like, <laughs> I saw when they first announced the first 30-27, Frank Trigg had this like weird look on his face. And I was like – Shout out, Frank did you expect Jeff? Did you expect Jeff Neal to win? Because yeah. I, I definitely didn't. You know, I Again, I thought Jeff Neal might have won the first round. But at the end of the first round, Gary started to finally pick up the pace, finally started to – he threw that one knee and then the right hook that landed. That might have been the best combo, the best, the best shots of the round. Honestly, I thought he might have won all three rounds. You know, Ian Gar- or Jeff Neal just didn't do much. You know, yeah. Um, he he actually mixed up a little bit this fight to the head and to the body, or to the body and to the legs. But it didn't matter. Ian Gary had the front kicks. Uh, you know, just the he, length, man. I thought we'd see more stick and move. He was kind of just stick and move and move and move and move. Yeah. So that you know, it, it was a weight class down from the co-main, and there was much less activity. And I, and, and, you know, people were saying the Whitaker Costa fight wasn't great. This fight wasn't great. The fuck, no. you know? So, no, um, yeah, I, you know, not impressed at all. The only time I was happy was when they immediately panned to Layla Machado after they announced Ian Gary as the winner. That's the only time I was like, oh, sick, nice. I'm, I'm tuned in. Uh, other than that, I couldn't care. I could not care less. Yeah, we'll see who he gets next. Like he needs a big step up now. It's it's time. You know, he's what twenty seven, twenty eight. Like, you know, the Jeff Neal's a, a yeah, right. You know, no more, no more babying him. This is welterweight. Welterweight's not that deep, man. Give him a top five, top ten opponent, and let's let's get on with it. I truly would love to see him fight Wonderboy. I know that's kind of a uh, you know he's old, and that's you know in. I don't know if that's really the matchup we want to see, but that that would be awesome. I, I I mean, he called out Colby. I think there's only one reason that he really called out Colby was because Colby is the biggest heel in the division, and I don't think Ian wants to be heel as a bad guy for, for the record. That's a good old wrestling term for uh, for the boys out there who are uh, WWE fans. It, it, Ian is does not like being this disliked guy. You can tell when he was up on the press conference. People are booing the shit out of him. And I don't think he try like I think he thinks what he's doing is like honorable and the like he should be a likable guy. He has no like he's so detached from reality and doesn't realize the shit that he says comes off as him being an arrogant fucking douchebag. And yeah, he, he, he that's why he gets the hate that he does. But I don't think he wants to be hated. So I think in his mind, the easiest way to not be hated is to go after Covington and Trump. And you see, like he was on the Hawani show, like shitting on 
Trump and Covington today, which is like, uh, okay, but uh, nobody really wants to see Colby Covington fight in general. And they, after you know Saturday night, they don't want to see you fight either. So I don't know if the excitement level would be there for that fight. It would be a big step yeah. up, and I think that would be a good matchup, but... You know, you're not going to see your Ian Gary calling out Shavkat Rachmanov or Gilbert Burns or any of those kind of names. You're, you're just not going to hear it. So, but he's he's in the top ten now, so he can't run. He can't go backwards. No, it, it's now. You're right. It's time. Whether it's in the summer or whatever it is, it, Ian Gary's next fight needs to be a big one. Yeah, and I'd rather much much rather be like Jack Della or Sean Brady rather than Vicente Luque or Wonderboy because, you know, two I agree. guys. Fuck that. I, don't, I want him to get somebody in their prime, maybe somebody that's a different look, right? Somebody who can wrestle and grapple like a monster like Sean Brady or um, a better striker, a boxer, a that technical awesome, boxer like man. Jack Della. I would love that. I would love that. You know, fuck play, fighting these guys that are on their way out, you know? So we'll see. I, I'm sure they're going to try to, you know, be touch and go with him. He's undefeated. He's Irish, this and that. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not buying all the stock at all. I mean, Gary, I do acknowledge that he is talented. And I think he can still Agreed. make developments and improvements, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the fight-to-fight improvements really. I'm honestly, I don't think he's regressed, but I just think he's kind of plateaued a little bit. Maybe he's just kind of okay with the guy he is right now. But it's it's definitely not a, a top five guy. It's definitely not a title contender. I, I I kind of made a you know made a joke about how welterweight's not that deep. But in the top five, man, you got Leon as a champ, Usman, Bilal, Shavkat, Gilbert Burns, Colby, and right after right after Colby is Sean Brady. So like that's tough, man. Those are all tough nights at the office, no matter who you are, especially if you're somebody like Ian Gary, who I think again is a little overrated or overhyped. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's probably the right way to say it, overhyped, because, uh, and it's not even, I don't even think it's from anyone but him, really, I, I like, that's the yeah. thing, Ian Gary, it, he, I, that's, that's the thing, you don't want to sound like such a, like, a hater, you're right, like, I do acknowledge that he is talented, he does have, you know, good striking, and he's good at managing, right, it's just, the way he fights is not entertaining, and I don't think that he's really fought anyone that could really push him, you know, make, make him... Back, back. I mean, but we've seen like lesser skill level hurt him. So that's what like is like when you watch it, you're like, somebody's gonna do it at some point. Like, you know, he was picked. Like that's why I think the big thing is when people turn on him is when he started picking on Jeff Neal for no reason. Like Jeff Neal, dangerous guy, but he's a nice guy. I don't think he's ever really ta- been talking shit to it. Like this he wasn't guy- even mad about it. Like there wasn't even like that much animosity building up to the fight. And that's why I, I was disappointed you know? then. That's why I wanted him to be like, yo, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. But I guess yeah. that's just not how he, it's not the kind of guy he is. And I guess you can't change who you are. But, uh, I mean, good win for Ian Gary. I, I, we need to step up, though. We need to step up in competition. So, how about how about this one? Marab Davalashvili, man, took care of business. Unanimous decision victory over Henry Cejudo. Henry calls it quits in the octagon after. They do not give him the mic. They said, get the fuck out of here, dude. You yeah. got to go. <laughs> Henry won the first round, though, on all three scorecards, which I thought was the right call. I thought he looked good. I thought we were in business there. But uh, then I saw something online that he might have broke his forearm or something like that, but it didn't really matter. It's just kind of the typical case of, you know, this old guys who bodies break down the longer they're in the game and the longer that kind of this shit, this shit kind of seems to happen. So how about. How about your boy Marab, you know, carrying him around the octagon like a child, putting him in a headlock, uh, you know, taking him down whenever he really wanted to. It just it just seemed like the Talking shit to Zuck. Yeah, the game has passed by Henry. And uh, taking those three years off 
trying to get that paycheck that he was trying to get when uh, he was the double champ was probably a mistake. So uh, it's unfortunate. I don't like when guys walk away when they still have uh, you know game left. That's why I was still mad at Habib when he did it. But I understand why they do it. It's not easy to get up and fight in a cage for a living. So how about uh, what were your thoughts on Marab? Also, how about Cejudo only making 150k for this fight? He probably walks away with 60k. And he's deep in his career, and he's accomplished so much. It's like, yeah, do you really want to keep doing this? Do you really want to, you know, no. only only get that much to fight these fights? Somebody like Marab, who just is going to pick you up and carry you around the ring like you're not an Olympic gold medalist freestyle wrestler. <laughs> like, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. Marab is just, uh, Georgians are just built differently, man. Ilya Taporia, fully Georgian. Marab, Georgian, they're just, they're absolute insane. Just insane. Uh, and they're just strong as fucking iron. Like, I don't know, man. I, I have a hard time picking against Marab against Sean O'Malley. Now, if he stays, the problem is Marab is very easy. His striking defense is not good. Or, no. you know, he just, he, he's there to be hit. Very, very there to be hit. Sean O'Malley hit some dude. I don't know if he's going to be able to recover. Like, Sean O'Malley is quick twitch, very good ath- athlete. His jujitsu and wrestling has come a long way. He works on it all the time. Like, you know, I, I think Sean O'Malley would hurt him, but if he's able to get a hold of Sean, Sean's not getting up, I don't think. Or, you know, it's, it, it's going to be... He's just going to gas him out eventually. I think he'd be able to get back yeah. up, but it's more of just the the dragging him into those deep waters that I think will eventually add up. So, that's what I remember. You know, Marab is, what, 32, 33, I think? So, he's won 10 in a row. He, uh, I think he's third all-time in takedowns landed, which is crazy. Um, he has, I think, the, the longest bantamweight win streak ever now. He's beaten three former UFC champions. He's getting the next title shot for sure. And um, I think it's time to take notice. I think he's kind of been, you know, ignored a little bit. And part of that from me, I've, I've kind of been a little critic of him just because some of his fights are boring and his style, at, at least at one point, was boring and this and that. But there's no denying him now, man. Doing that to, to Henry Sudo after what he did to Piotr Jan, yeah. after what he did to Jose Aldo. Very, very impressive. Also, you, you know, you can hit him. You can hurt him. You can wobble him, but he will not die. You know, we saw that against Marlon Marais. Like, that was a brutal, brutal beating he was he was getting put on him, and he just uh, over, overcame it, dude. Relentless, absolutely relentless, heart of a fucking warrior, uh, heart of a champion. And, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see how that goes, man. If he gets Cheeto Vera, he's going to smoke him. But if he gets Sean O'Malley, it's – Hey, I don't, I'm not going to say it's a coin flip, but I could definitely see it being minus oh, 150 yeah. for Sean. You know, like that, that wrestling 100%. threat is very, very real. But, uh, man, that, still, there would be a lot of shit talking. I don't know how great it would be, like the, the, the language barrier, but Marab's still pretty funny. Um, <laughs> him pulling the Mexican flag out at, uh, at the press <laughs> conference. That shit was so funny. Yeah. He's goofy, dude. He's very goofy. Yeah. I love it. But um, I love yeah, him, though. I think that. he's funny. I'm you here know? for that fight. Like, I think he's a he's a good guy. I think the reason, like you said, that he kind of got forgotten about or lo- overlooked was he kind of took himself out of the title conversation when uh, Aljo was the champion. No one actually, you yeah. know, we weren't we weren't allowed to take him seriously because he wasn't gonna. He was kind of just gonna beat everyone's, you know, like everyone on the way up and stop them from getting a rematch or being in the title conversation. So now that Aljo's out of the way, it's kind of like, oh wow, like we can take him seriously now, and uh, he's. I guess not ser- seriously. It kind of sounds like rude. Like we never took it. It's like we can take him as a serious title threat now because he is going to fight for the title next. And yeah. uh, uh, as, hey, you know I'm a huge O'Malley fan. Lo- love the guy. 
I just worry that he's going to have no problem really pushing O'Malley backwards up against that fence and getting him down. But I, I imagine O'Malley will be ready to go for that fight, even if that were to happen, because O'Malley's got a stiff test in Cheeto Vera, you know, next month. So we'll, I guess we'll have plenty of time to take, you know, take consideration of that and look look into that. I think this is the great thing about all these fights happening now is that they're just kind of setting up fights for later on in the year, and, and yeah. we'll have kind of stuff to look forward to into the horizon. So good win so for Marab. Marab is third all-time in takedowns landed in UFC. He has 79, passing Clay Guido, who had 78. Wow. Do you know who's first or second? Um... First or second? One is is uh, is a household name all time. Uh, takedowns landed. Not could be, but DC. DC. No, it's GSP. Oh, okay, has ninety. Number two is Gleason Tebow with eighty four. Wow. So Marab is only five away from Tebow, only eleven away from tying GSP. I have to imagine twelve takedowns in uh, the next. I don't know one, two fights. <laughs> I, I think he's going to get that. He's probably going to smash that if he fights for like five, six, seven more fights. He's definitely going to have like one, two hundred takedowns landed. So he's uh, quickly approaching all-time history. Marab really is also a great, great, nice little hat that he's got on. Uh, dead animal, probably. He killed himself. Very terrifying. Also stole Sean O'Malley's jacket that one time. So, so funny. You, you never know what you're getting from Marab. You truly never do. I did want to make mention. I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but uh, Ty went not plus nine units. I don't know if I did mention it, but plus ten units, basically. This week, so this man deserves all the credit in the world. Thank I, you, sir. I went down negative four units, so that's why I'm over here. I'm going to start taking Ty's picks as opposed to mine next week to see. <laughs> uh, no, you know what Ty's well, do for uh, a, yeah, a down well. week. That's uh, that, that, I guess that's a fade Ty week next week. Uh, we'll see, but yeah. we'll, we will see what he, what he's got on the card. How about <laughs> Anthony Fluffy Hernandez with the rear naked choke submission in that second round against Roman Kopilov? It seemed like it was only once the fight kind of started to settle in here, Ty, that it was only a matter of time before Fluffy was going to get him to the ground and have his way with him, and it kind of went that way. Once he, once Roman gave his back up, you, we, we kind of thought, I mean, I should have just took the sub. I was too scared that he was going to land all them strikes on the ground, but he really was just sub hunting, and he then early on he was like, he had him in like half control. He was going for the arm. It kind of gave me like flashbacks of that Josh Frem fight and all that and I was just yeah. like, oh no, this is not gonna happen. And then he eventually he got he got, you know, took care of business. So that so that is an easy dub, <clears throat> excuse me, for Anthony Hernandez. Just, you know, you, you were right on with the sub, man. What was going on with you this week, uh, dude? You you were uh, all on these picks, these plus two hundreds and up. I think you hit like three of them. Uh, what's going on, dude? What's going on with what? I it was kinda cutting out. No, that you you were you were on and sub this sub, you know, that sub, all sorts of different TKO bets. You were hitting them all plus yeah. 200 and above. What's going on I know. There? I wish I parlayed these props. I know. Dude, what the fuck is wrong? It's such a missed opportunity for me to actually win, you know, some life-changing money, at least for the, the, the present. Um, no, I just thought by the time he, he worked his game in, Kapilov just wasn't going to be able to, to take it. Like, his takedown defense was good, dude. Fluffy was 3 of 14, but when he got that third one, it's, you know, it changed. He got to the ground, and then once he got his back, dude, it was it was curtains. He started smiling and nodding like a maniac. Yeah, when he knew, like, yeah, now it's him, motherfucker. I, I loved it. I, I bet him. I told my roommate who was pretty tuned up at the time. It was his birthday at twelve <laughs> o'clock that night. So you know, he, he was so ready. I'm like, all right, yeah, you got you got to bet Fluffy. He's like, all right, where's uh? <laughs> he kept he where's Ferry at? I'm like, no, it's Fluffy, not Ferry. And then he's like, where's Fluffy? It's under Hernandez. <laughs> 
Bury her now. I'm like, dude, he's coming out. I promise. He's like, wait, what the fuck's his actual real name? I need to bet on him. I'm like, dude, it's Anthony Hernandez. Just bet on him by sub. I got you. Trust me. I'm not lying. And uh, we were excited, dude. I had to go let my one friend in the elevator or uh, in the apartment. So then I ran up. As soon as I got in, into the uh, back into my uh, room, uh, I saw him. He had it in. I'm like, oh, man, dude, we're good. We're good. And he kept getting out of it. He kept – Kapilov fought really well, dude. Everything he, he does did. standing, his, his, his kicks are fucking lethal, dangerous. But I think Fluffy is starting to work on his game where the striking isn't amazing. It's not beautiful. It's not dynamic, but it kind of works. He, he works it into his wrestling. He backs guys up. And once you get backed up against a cage against somebody like him, dude, that's tough. That is almost damn near impossible. You better hope there's not that much time left in the round or else you're probably going to be in for a long ride on the ground and even just against the cage him just grinding on you yeah that alone is is a fight in itself and uh like i said he's throwing he's starting to throw that right hand kind of uh you know he did okay with the strike i'm like at, at range i think at distance he was outstruck but only 34 to 24 he doesn't throw that many kicks that's that's what i don't love he outlanded copy off to the head 28 21 so at least he does pretty well in the clinch i like that he he's a pretty good fighter man i just you know I think the ceiling is a little limited, but I can definitely see him making some noise. He's a specialist, and he knows how to get his get the fight there. His cardio is good. His striking is getting better. Uh, he's looking like he's getting in better physical shape. Yeah, um, I liked his walkout. His walkout was good. That was kind of fun. So I'm all in on Fluff, man. I'm, I'm all in. Uh, we'll see what he does next at middleweight. The division's not that dynamic, right? The, there's like this waiting, this waiting game for some new blood, and I think he could. Uh, I think he can compete compete with some guys. I'd love to see him fight Brendan Allen. Uh, I think that might be maybe that that's a little bit awesome. too much for him, but just in general, I feel like that 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 fight. Did he lose to Brendan Allen before? I think he might have. Pretty, yeah, he got choked out yeah, by him, right? I'm pretty sure that did happen. No, I'm no, not, he I, beat I him. Just made that up. He beat him. Oh, he beat him. He beat him. Oh, LSA. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I thought okay, I saw that so, before. Yeah, I thought so too. But you know, there's so much, so many fights. Mm, but yeah, um, I would love for them to run that back. I mean, they're both they both gotten so much better. Brendan Allen now, you know, using that jab and using that striking. Uh, both are hittable, though. Both are very hittable. So we'll see. Maybe maybe Robocop, Robocop and Fluffy. How about that? That would be a fucking – that would be a good fight, man. Whatever we got going forward with Fluffy, I think we're in for a treat. And that was the main card, ladies and gentlemen. Ty, we keep it moving into the prelim section of the card. Amanda Lemos, Amandino. A up-and-down performance here with this one. I thought – we were going to get that TKO that I, I went uh, double whammy on this one, and I thought I was going to yep. get it. And I'll be honest, you know, so who was refing this one? Was this uh, Beltron? I remember Beltron letting it go a little bit. Yeah. It was the right move. It wound up being the right move because she was still in the fight, but I did not like when she got hit the way she covered her face and was yeah. ta- taking a lot of uh, t- taking a little bit of a beating, but. Mackenzie started to get that wrestling going, got the jujitsu going a little bit, but just wasn't really able to do much with it. And it just, you know, comes up short again. There's just something with Mackenzie. She's just a little bit lacking in certain departments. And it's, it comes out and she loses clo- a close decision here because she was, she was right there and she had mount. She, uh, Amanda Lamos really like is the ultimate nail, you know, or ultimate good, you know, best hammer, really not a good nail. It just, when things start going left, it just looks like, you know, really, really bad. And she kind of gassed herself out because she tried to kill her a couple times. And from right from the rip, though, Ty, I could tell she was kind of very scared to go to the ground. Yeah, right away in the first round because Turner had a little bit. She got a takedown in the first and had some control, but 
Um, I think the third round is <clears throat> the only round she won. The fact that she almost got killed and then came back from that to win a round is wild. Um, had a couple reversals. They had some um, some scrambles that were good. It was a pretty decent fight, honestly. I mean, her yeah. face is... I don't know what it looks like today, but I can't imagine it looks any better. So, um, yeah, she, you know, these are just fights she needs, man. She needs to win some of these breakthrough fights. You know, her, her best win being Angela Hill just can't, can't remain for the, the, I mean, when she lost three of her last four, four of her last, four of her last six. Yeah. So, and in, in, in these losses, she's kind of getting beat up bad. Like, I mean, she even got outstruck by Tisha Torres. I uh, got smoked by Jan. Spoke by Andrade. Can't uh, have that happen. Uh, I don't know if she got smoked by Lemos, but she lost. She she got uh, she could be pretty bad in at least a part of that fight. And the Marina Rodriguez fight, same thing. So, yeah, I'm not. Uh, you know, she's only what thirty, so it's not over. She just needs to work on her wrestling. That's really all she needs to do. It sounds kind of simple, like, but I guess it's not. You know, she gets her wrestling, her offensive wrestling going, and um, the jujitsu. And the ground pound, it's you know, speaks for itself. She doesn't really need any help there. I mean, her takedown offense getting better, fifteen percent, <laughs> uh, slowly getting better. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure where we what we do with her, where we go from here. Honestly, yeah, no, it seems like she's just gonna keep hanging out and like you know, treading water at the lower. What is she? What was she ranked here? Uh, seven. Yeah, so she's gonna be in that lower half of the top fifteen, I think. Just bouncing back and forth and trying to figure out who she can beat and who she can't because, you know, you know, like a lot of the girls underneath her, I think she would handle them. But uh, Mackenzie Dern is the kind of girl that on a certain night, things could either go her way or not. Like it's it's really not a trustworthy game that she has. And the, the hands have gotten better, but she, you know, nobody really respects them all that much, you know, at least – Amanda kind of did, though. Amanda really was very um, defensive in this fight for a long time. And then, I don't know. I I left this fight like feeling worse about Amanda Lemos than I did going in. So, um, yeah, that, that was that. was that. How about Marcos Rogerio, Mr. Clean de Lima, gets uh, a leg kick TKO victory over Junior Toff, who stepped in for his brother, who missed weight. Or, no, not missed weight. He... Had an ankle injury, broke his leg or something. Something crazy happened like right before this, which I don't know how that happens the uh, fight week. But <laughs> hey, what are you gonna do? Junior steps in and he gets his leg kicked off for the for his troubles. I thought I was gonna get that sub in the first round, man. I really, I really thought I was. He had him down. He was kind of hunting it, but Tafa was just doing a good job of defending himself. And Rogério de Lima doesn't really have the best uh, grappling uh, game, most most vicious grappling game. Uh, in all of heavyweight, or even in UFC, and it they got back up, and you could just tell the the those leg kicks were hurting, 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 hurting Junior Tafa, and that was that. Yeah, he landed twelve of them. Yeah, of his total uh, what thirty three significant strikes for a big uh, guy, real skinny calves. I'll just say that too as well. It's something I noticed when he was getting his leg kicked off, but yeah, yeah, I was kind of surprised by that because of the kickboxing background, but. Hajari uh, De Lima, who had some uh, some loose change, if you will, uh, looked pretty good. Honestly, he got the dub and he got the finish. Yeah, I was a little surprised and upset he didn't get a sub, but I didn't side the distance, so you know, now our bases covered there. And uh, yeah, I feel bad for Junior, but uh, you know, good on him to step up in like an hour notice for his brother, which is kind of crazy. So 
Yeah, this doesn't. Um, he'll be back for sure. I, I don't, you know, yeah. rate him that highly, but um, he'll definitely be back against you know whatever uh, Harry Hunsucker of the world is um, is going to be in the UFC by then. Maybe uh, Jamal Pogues or. Uh, Maybe Peterson Usman has another brother that we haven't heard of that he sure. can fight. Who knows? Uh, how about Rinya Nakamura, Japanese Connor? This fight was a snooze fest. As a minus fourteen hundred favorite, he really never came close to finishing this fight. Uh, Carlos Vera turned into Ryan Hall in the middle of this fight as well, just trying to heel hook and do this and that. Nakamura is one of those guys, though. He does not. He doesn't really go for the finish. So I, I guess I have to stop looking for. Him to bet, I think, if he's going to be matched up against guys like this, just a, a really a real stay away, or I guess bet the points. But that's a dangerous game too, because you know Vera had. I, I'm pretty sure Vera had popped his shoulder out at one point because he was wincing every time they were grappling, and he still couldn't get him out of there. Nakamura really never went for it. I, I was that was my thoughts watching it, and he kind of was cool with having like a little bit of a wrestle grappling fest with him. And this looked like a, like one of those like Cage Fury uh, grappling events in there with with a little bit of punching. So good win for Nakamura, but we're gonna need a big step up. I, I don't want to see minus fourteen hundred on the board anymore. Yeah, well, you know, Carlos Vera shouldn't be in the UFC. He shouldn't have been in this fight. But, true. You know, when you get bad fighters, sometimes you get bad fights. So uh, real quick, there was a ten eight in the first round for Hajari De Lima uh, from one of the judges. I'm okay, surprised by that. That's, but, that's shocking. Yeah. Um, yeah, he tried. You know, he got a couple takedowns. He had 13 minutes of control time for a 15 minute fight. And uh, Vera has that. You can tell he trains with Ryan Hall by how he fights. And um, yeah, Nakamura couldn't get anything going, at least uh, close to a finish. And then at distance, they didn't really uh, they didn't really strike no. much. He was he was seven of nine. Vera was six of 15 at distance. So um, yeah, snooze fest, like you said. Uh, how about Minyang Zhang? Zhang, this guy. I mean, basically the first time I'm seeing them, faded them big time. These guys were throwing hammers, though. So I, I can't I, the, compared to the uh, Nakamura fight. This was the greatest fight of all time. The, this, uh, you know, Zhang was taking some shots early. Ribeiro is kind of just a killer be killed sort of guy, and he got killed. He got hit with yeah, a straight did. punch right down the middle. Ended it with his head getting dribbled off the canvas and. You cash out that uh, that under uh, half a round, which is an insane bet. <laughs> but cash it out, Ty. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised too, but that's, that's just how these two fight. I mean, one's the Mountain Tiger, one's the Gorilla. So somebody's going down. Yeah. And, uh, man, I really thought Ribeiro was going to put Zhang down, but he got caught first. So that's pretty much how I thought this fight was going to go. Whoever gets hit hard first is cooked. And, uh, Zhang was taking some good shots, though. You saw his nose is a little busted up, but yeah, like you said, it was just kind of one one hit or quitter when the time actually came. When with a real shot, they went down. And um, Ribeiro was just headhunting. That's all he did. He yeah, didn't give any kicks or anything. I was like, uh, all right. And then just bang, bang, Zhang. I guess you could say. Um, yeah, I guess we're you know whenever these guys fight again, it's, it's going to be more of the same. I, I would assume. What are they fighting at light heavyweight, right? So. Anything can happen. Get one of them in there against Volter. Volter. It's almost time for Volter. Uh, I, I yeah. wonder when that's ever... If they, I mean, maybe he'll never fight. Who knows? Maybe that was we were lied to. But I always um, keep up on Volter Walker to see what the, what the updates are and what the news is. He's still, clean monster. He's still, um, still scheduled to fight Lucas Brzezinski, Um April week, 6th. It looks yeah, like. The week before, uh, Vittori Allen is the main event that night. Oh, boy. That's... Yeah. All right, we can take a nap during that. That uh, Damon Jackson. Yeah, that coming. one's not. Oh, Jermaine Durandamy, Norman Dumas. 
This wow. Is bad. Okay, that's a Melissa really bad Tanya fight. Melissa Tanya Mullins. I don't even know who that is. All right, let's not waste our time. We'll we'll have to spend a whole hour talking about that one day. But how about uh, Danny Barlow? Danny Barlow breaking onto the scene here with a flat. I mean, not a flash. I would say just a fucking domination of Josh Quinlan. Really striking looked really good. Uh, I don't know if it's the most technical or you know things of like that, but I don't know. Like Barlow, just he reminds me of a like, or at least gave the aura of a guy who he's gonna be here for a while. It's not he wasn't just a you know kind of like I don't know. Like, I don't know the best way to say it. Not just like a regular prospect. He reminds me of a guy who's gonna be a staple in the UFC. You know, in this prelim fight night kind of. Uh, territory or talk for a, for a little bit. He, this guy had some serious skill. Spamming, absolutely spamming flying knees. I, I think Rogan even said it at one point. was like, I've never seen a guy throw more flying knees than he is. But that just goes to show you how physically fit this guy is. And he never got tired. He was beating the shit out of Quinlan. And I, I will, I have to say, I, I'm, I can't lie to the people out there. Herzog, I don't know what you were doing here, to be honest. You, you, I think you forgot you were in the fight. And you were letting that man get his head dribbled off the canvas multiple times. I think he got knocked down like three or four times in that third round before Herzog yeah, eventually grabbed him and was like, "Yeah." Then that makes no sense because this guy was stumbling all around the octagon, which, yeah. you know, I, 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 I'll just say it was, maybe it was a bad fight for Herzog because he did good all other areas, but uh, you know, just a rough one here. But good win for Mister Barlow. Yeah. Um... The cardio, the fact that he was able to carry his power until later rounds, he doesn't go deep in the fights ever. So he's he's relatively, I mean, I think he's 28, and he's only, what, 6-0, 8-0. So, like, you know, he's very inexperienced. We're going to see him get get better fight to fight. Yeah. And also take, he's definitely going to take an L. I mean, he's a month younger than me. That's crazy. He looks like a scared guy. He's got to cut that, uh, whatever that is, rat tail in the back of his head. Yeah, didn't like that. that. Didn't like it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Josh Quinlan, he's not on the juice anymore, but he's still tough, tough as hell, honestly. And the fact that he did get him out of there that deep, that late into the fight, um, pretty impressive, honestly. I know his accuracy was not great um, until like the third round. Actually, no, it was pretty good. 50, 45, 64% each round. So he's active, man. Um, yeah, very active, uh, very good athlete he is. So, yeah, and this is at welterweight. Maybe uh, he's got one of the longest reach in, reaches in the division. Maybe we can set up him and uh, Ian Gary. No, um, I do like I do like some of the things he has. I want to see more of the jab. Um, I want to see more light kicks. But um, man, he he just smoked Josh Quinlan at distance, eighty-eight to 39, 77 to twenty-two to the head, and um, he yeah, good. chasing him around. It, it looked like he dropped him with like a hammer fist, like a straight left hammer fist, the way it came in. And then from there, I mean, Quinlan's face was a mess. Yeah. So um, see him bleeding all over Herzog when he eventually did stop it. I was like, "This is wild." But, yeah, you could have stepped in a little earlier, uh, Jason, if you didn't want anybody any anybody to bleed on you. But he's tough. He's a savage, and uh, Danny Barlow is as well. He was supposed to fight Kinoshito on this one, who was killed twice in good. the UFC already. So that's yeah. <laughs> I guess they did, every, they did everyone a favor there by not having Mr. Kinoshita get sent out to as a sacrificial lamb. How about Oban Elliott? This fight was – I mean, this fight was pretty cra- – it was pretty good for a second fight of the night sort of situation. Val Woodburn, your boy, he, he, he uh, got crushed with a head kick early on in the fight. No reaction whatsoever. And then just <laughs> blitzed Oban Elliott and had him on skates and was almost about to finish it, but – 
Elliott survives and then starts getting the wrestling going and the takedowns and had his back for a large portions of this fight. Just really couldn't get that. I had the submission here in my private life. I just couldn't get – he couldn't really get that going. He really didn't even come all that close to finishing it. And uh, But this is a good win for Mr. Elliott just to kind of break onto the scene a little bit. And, and you know, the, these wins on these uh, – What's it called? These like UFC, these pay-per-view prelims. You know, they, I think they do matter. A lot more people are watching these fights than they would yeah. normally, like the regular fight nights and things. So it's a good win for Oban Elliott. Yeah, one the same judge who gave ten uh, eight for Hajeri De Lima in round one gave uh, Val Woodburn in the first round, which I, you know, I get. He knocked him down and hit with that hard shot like that. He got outstruck fifty-one to five. In yeah, the first it really round. wasn't like, that close. He got control for four minutes of the fight, of the round. Like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, Mr. Elliot Kelly, keep an eye on him for making um, bad scorecards going forward. But, um, yeah, I think I think we're going to fade Elliot in the future. I don't think his striking is uh, is good. I do like, do like his ground game. I, I, think he's, um, I think he's tough. I think he's a dog. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not – I'm not all the way there on him yet, but um, – and Val Woodburn, obviously, I don't think he should really be. I think he's a regional scene guy. He has a lot of power, but that's that's really it. So it'll be tough for him to get some dubs. It will be tough for him to get some dubs. Uh, I'm reading some. I'm just reading an article right here. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, listen, Val Woodburn probably not. I mean, we kind of said this after he got knocked out by Bo Nickel. Not exactly on the UFC level. So hopefully, we see his name pop up on the, the roster somewhere. Tracker. Yeah. And, yeah, no, and honestly, for his own good, because you don't need to be getting beat up in these fucking things. I just don't. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily trash, but I just don't think he's ready for yeah. the UFC level. How about Miranda Maverick? This one was tough, Ty. Well, we had Andrea Lee in this one. She just never really was able to get it going. Miranda Maverick's striking looked good, and she just did enough to take the W here. Yeah, dude. She actually, you know, she started throwing. She, she's been throwing strikes that that were landing. Her kicks were good. Her left was good. She looked a lot better than she usually has uh, against a tough, pretty tough opponent. Now, usually her significant, her like landing percentage is uh, I don't know in the thirties, forties, forty eight percent in this fight of significant significant strikes. Uh, three of eight on the takedown. She got taken down a couple times, but they were able to kind of scramble around. And um, yeah, pretty good volume, honestly, for her. Uh, outlanded her to the head, went to the leg a lot. Yeah. Very good leg kicks. That's something she's uh, always been good at. And uh, just an important win, really, for her to keep it uh, to keep it rolling. I'm trying to look at her her schedule, her uh, her resume. I guess she's 13 and five now, and um, yeah, two in a row, two in a row since that Jasmine kind of humbling where she just got beat all around. She couldn't get the takedown. Kind of looked like she had no plan B. Um, in this fight, she she, she showed more uh, well-roundedness. I think Andrea Lee definitely um, definitely on her way out. She can tell she's kind of just. It didn't really uh, look skills. like she wanted to be there, to be honest. Yeah, was, like, it, yeah her skills are – every time she got hit, like with the left, she just didn't like it. I'm like, you know, Miranda Maverick isn't hitting that hard, but, uh, you know, she's getting older. Her skills are deteriorating. Her, she's getting slower. So, yeah, pretty good win for Miranda Fear, the Maverick. I guess she's at Elevation Fight Team now, which is pretty good for her. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, she's only 26, I think, which is kind of surprising, having nine UFC fights. Uh, we'll see what's next. All right, so Taporia gets 50000 for performance of the night. I'd say that's uh, a worthy 50 k uh, Fluffy gets 50 k for his submission over Roman Kopilov. He had 
50000 going to Mackenzie Dern and Lamos for fight of the night. I guess this was really not a good night then, because if that was the fight of the night, then... I mean, yeah, it was all right. It, it just other... really wasn't. I And Zhang getting 50 k for his elimination of Brinson Ribeiro. So there it is. UFC 298, ladies and gentlemen. It was a, a quality night. I wouldn't say the overall card itself was really that great, but I would say that the fights uh, or the, the, you know, the big-time fights up top gave us what we wanted for the most part, at least answers to the questions that we had. And there was some boxing this past weekend. We did have... I was able to catch the Oshaki Foster fight, which uh, they had it on at the, uh, at the local watering hole. They, I, I did, I did, I, I did watch that. I watched uh, Bruce Carrington eliminate that guy. Oof. I watched the little guy before him knock out that uh, Slender Man that was fighting in the uh, co-main. So, or not even knock him was out. That, uh... he, he kept going in between the ropes, and then the uh, the commission came in and was like, "Yo, they they called the fight. <laughs> they threw the talent." So. Andres Cortez, yeah, yeah, he looked good against uh, Chevalier. Um. Somebody to keep an eye on. He's supposed to fight Freddie Fonseca, so we'll see what he's got going for. He's also at 130. Bruce Carrington at 126. So Shockey Foster probably can't make 130 anymore. He he didn't look as good as I, I wish he did. It went to a split. I didn't agree with the split. I, I thought he did win. Um, did win the fight fairly. Abraham Nova. I don't love the beard, but or the, no. the dyed beard and anyway. the mascot. Um, yeah, never <laughs> that seen that before funny. in my life. He had his own mascot that, for the fight. <laughs> I mean, I and, and he was shadow boxing in the uh, locker yeah. room, and then they kept showing him. <laughs> and the girls at the bar are like, "What the fuck is that?" They were literally like pointing at the screen. I'm like, "Oh, you don't like Supernova?" They're like, "What?" I'm yeah. like, "Never mind. <laughs> it's his mascot." They're Forget like, "He it. has his own mascot." Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I'm not sure why, but uh, Oshaki probably moving up to 135, where uh, it's, it's starting to get crowded in the 135, 140 uh, pound division. So we'll see what he does next. He looked. He looked okay. I, I wish I got a little bit more out of him, but uh, Friday night fight, go, good win, and uh, there's some good prospects on the undercard, which is always is always a good a good thing. Shushu Carrington, yeah, for sure, definitely needs to take the next step at 126, uh, maybe 130 if he wants to move up. He crushed that get guy. That, yeah, <laughs> he really and, did, um, man. And get a, a nice little title shot. So I guess somebody, anybody, I don't know who, but. Starting to gain a little bit of, uh, or get a little bit of love for boxing, Ty. And uh, from doing this pod, I've been, you know, now when those, when you say those fights, I sit there and I'm like, oh, wait, that fight's on. And I flip it on just to yeah. see what's going on. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I love in, it. I'm trying to get myself more invested in the, uh, in the old boxer so that when they, when they do have these big fights, I'm like, wow, I've been watching this guy for fucking five years or whatever. So, yeah, that's how go. Triple G was always on the undercard. We're like, oh, who's this guy? And, and I loved it. You know, yeah, I loved yeah. him. Like, so I, it, and just a, gr- a good weekend. I would say a good, s- solid quality weekend of fights. We have a, we'll have another weekend next week. We ha- we are going to Mexico, Ty, to celebrate something. I don't know what we're celebrating, but we're just celebrating Mexican just life, culture, style, everything. Brandon Moreno against Brandon Royval, Battle of the Brandons, the the, the Brandon Championship Let's of the go world. Brandon. Well, yeah, uh, some people probably just got fired up when you said that. Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, Daniel Zellhuber getting in there, Francisco Prado. That's a fucking firefight. Your boy's getting in there, Raul Rosas against my boy, Ricky Tercios. (laughs) Can't wait. Yasmin Yurigi bouncing back after she got assaulted in one minute against the Sandpage. Holy smokes. We have a fucking night of fights that we are going to have every single 
pick bet prediction information that you could possibly imagine next week on this next episode of the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. Even the, the Hillman will be there. Mohamed Naima. The the card. Yeah, that's like. going to be fucking wild. So There's four Mexico versus Brazil fights, so that should be something. Oh. Um, Yair Rodriguez has been talking a lot about Taporia. I would love to see Taporia put him out bad. He deserves it. And um, But let's see if he can get past Ortega, honestly. I, the Zell Huber Prado fight I'm going to be looking for. Uh, hopefully it stays standing a lot, but yeah, we'll see. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm excited. We will have a full show later on this week to break down everything you need to know. So until then, this is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am Ty Capone. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure to read the newspaper, read up on local and current events, and do absolutely nothing about it.